my lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Listen Closely with me, your host, Bobby. Here I talk all things true crime, paranormal, dark history, extraterrestrial, conspiracy, and unexplained phenomenon right here in the Lone Star State. If you haven't already, make sure you're following me on all my social medias to get extra tidbits about the topics I discuss, as well as updates and special featurettes like Missing Mondays. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All of them are at HTT Listen Closely. Also, make sure you subscribe to me on your favorite streaming provider to be updated when new episodes are released. This week, we're going to be talking about the very tragic death of Blaine Paget. So let's get into it. Blaine was born on January 27th, 1997 in Beaumont to Michael and Wendy Paget. Blaine dreamt of playing college football growing up like his father did. In fact, his father was a linebacker at Texas from 1987 to 1991. Now, Blaine did play many sports and excelled at them, but football was always his favorite. And in fact, he played as a defensive end and tight end at Hardin-Jefferson High School, where he graduated in 2015. But before he graduated, he did receive a bunch of honors as well as being credited for 145 tackles where 20 of them were for loss and 8 of them were sacks his senior year alone. He was a four-year starter. He was named Beaumont Enterprises Super Goal Team and he was a National Honors Society member. So he was absolutely amazing and excelled in everything he did. All his family members and friends and anyone who really knew him said he was a bright light, just a wonderful son, very talented, very smart, and just about everywhere I could see, anyone who ever met or talked to him absolutely loved him. And because of his amazing stats, he actually had a full scholarship to Rice University in Houston, Texas, where he immediately made a huge impact not only in the game of football, but also off the field to many of his teammates and friends and really, again, anyone who met him. Now, unfortunately, because we are talking about football, things do happen. So in 2017, he actually tore his shoulder for the second time and required surgery as well as he had some knee injuries that also required, you know, some rehabilitation and things like that. It just comes with the sport. He was finally medically cleared to continue his training and just get back to playing eventually. Now, with these type of injuries, while you might be medically cleared to return back to your normal schedule, whether that be just, you know, your regular work schedule or even going back into sports and playing again, that doesn't mean that they're 100% okay or that you're 100% better and you feel absolutely nothing. There is still that pain and achiness and things that are brought on. That's why when somebody gets injured, sometimes, you know, different weather or different strenuous activities kind of affects them because it never actually truly goes away. And that's where you start to see, you know, like the flare ups and things of that nature. I mean, my husband himself played football, had injuries, and, you know, it still bothers him. And he's well past in his 30s. So it's not uncommon to still feel, you know, the pains and bumps and bruises and surgeries that these players tend to have. So although Blaine was medically cleared to return back to training, he still probably felt pretty bad. And in fact, he didn't really talk about it, but, you know, it's like I said, it just doesn't go away. So on March 2nd, 2018, 
Blaine was supposed to show up to his first workout, you know, after being medically cleared, ready to go, and he was a no-show. This was actually very uncharacteristic because everybody knew that he was super excited to go back and resume his training. In fact, the night before, his parents talked to him for over an hour on the phone where he stated that he was so excited for the next day and for working out and, you know, just getting back into the game. So his friends and teammates searched everywhere. They just, you know, tried to get in contact with him, but they couldn't. So eventually they did call the Houston Police Department and they actually called his father to let them know, hey, this is what happened. He, he didn't show up for practice, and it's super uncharacteristic. Again, everybody knew that he was excited to go back to playing. So for him to not show up for his first day of workout, like everybody immediately knew something was wrong here, which props to everybody who just knew him and well enough to know that, you know, this is not right. And like they jumped on this pretty fast. Blaine's father and sister did decide that, yes, we're going to drive up to Houston, try and figure out what was the reason that he missed his practice. The drive from Sour Lake to Houston, it's a good amount of driving. I mean, it's what, maybe an hour and a half to two hours, maybe, of, you know, where you just straight road and highway. So you can kind of figure out what happened. Why would he not show up, especially when he was so excited? And they just couldn't come up with any reason why he would miss. Well, about 30 minutes into the drive, they actually got a call from the Houston police. Unfortunately, it was news that they were just not prepared to hear. So they called the rest of the family as well as the pastor and drove to Blaine's apartment in Houston and held a vigil all night because unfortunately Blaine had passed away. But what would cause this medically cleared 21-year-old otherwise healthy other than these injuries to just suddenly pass away well they weren't sure until the toxicology report came back now because of this being a football player and they did find some pills in his system the media just automatically assumed okay he's abusing drugs he's in college like he's just one of those bad kids that's doing drugs because they finally got away from their family or, you know, they got hooked on something. And so the media just immediately snapped into a, okay, yeah, this was an accidental because he's a druggie, which was absolutely 100% not true. But when the toxicology came back, which of course this was months later, so toxicology reports actually take quite a bit of time to come back. You know, they have to identify everything that's within the system and, you know, if there is some kind of medication or pills or anything, they have to, you know, basically reverse engineer and figure out what exactly they are by the chemical compounds. So it does take quite a while to do this. Again, finally, after months of waiting, they came back and said that he ingested a counterfeit pill made of carfentanil, which is a synthetic opioid and extremely dangerous. And to give you a better example of how dangerous this drug is, it is 10,000 times more potent than morphine and 100 times more potent than fentanyl, which itself is 50 times more potent than heroin. So that's what I mean by this is absolutely some dangerous stuff. And unfortunately, Blaine had ingested two pills of it, which one alone will just do horrible damage and unfortunately you get the results of death. Now again I did say that these were counterfeit pills 
because they were supposed to be hydrocodone, which was a pain reliever that he was actually prescribed by his medical professionals. Now, these two counterfeit pills were obviously not subscribed to him by those medical professionals. He actually got them from a trusted friend who was actually a former rice player himself named Stuart Mooch Muchanta from Katy, Texas. And the reason Blaine took this drug was because he wanted to rest and prep for his next day's workout, you know, not have that pain. Like he just wanted to just get some relief. So he trusted his friend or supposed friend to give him actual medication that was good. And unfortunately, he did trust the wrong person. So on October 2018, authorities in Houston filed charges and it actually got moved to federal court in July 2019. The semi-good thing is Stewart did plead guilty to providing the opioids, which did lead to the death of Blaine. But obviously that's not going to settle anything. Like that's not going to bring Blaine back. That's not going to reverse the damage that he did. But because he did plead guilty, they were able to, you know, skip the trial and just go to the sentencing phase. And on February 17th, 2022, Stewart was sentenced to 12 years in prison, plus three years of a supervised release, which to me, honestly, is just not good enough. And by that, I mean, that just seems like a very light sentence for the crime that was committed. And it almost seems like a slap on the wrist. But I do hope that this does change Stewart's mentality and, you know, does a 180 on him and he sees, you know, how truly bad his actions were and how much harm he truly caused. I mean, Stewart himself was a very young man. I mean, he is 27, but that's still, like, not an excuse, you know, like... He is 27. He knows better, he, or he should know better, and he was a former athlete himself. He should know not to do these things, but, you know, unfortunately, that's something that we cannot change. I mean, the deed was done, but we can only hope that he does change. He does realize how horrible this really was, and, you know, he thinks twice about doing things like this. Now, as far as Blaine's family... I have to first and foremost say I am truly sorry for the suffering that y'all have gone through. I mean, I know my words will not in any way make the hurt go away or really make it okay, but I do have to give them my respect and just a huge shout out for what they are doing now. So his family has actually become a huge advocate for, you know, speaking out against drugs and against things like this. And in fact, the whole community has just been very outspoken about this because this tragedy could have been avoided. But his family actually does run a Facebook as well as a website called 90 Forever. That's the 90 Forever. That's on Facebook. And again, they do have a website, 90forever.com, where they speak out against drugs in general, but specifically against fentanyl. Basically, they just want to make the public... And the community is, and you know, just everyone aware of the harmful drug that this is. People who make these counterfeit pills only do it for profit. They don't care what goes in these pills or, you know, what it could possibly do to people who take them. All they care about 
is making that profit because they make these pills super cheap with God knows what, and then they sell it for, you know, really high. And again, it is purely for profit. They don't care. So his family, Blaine's family, has been amazing in, you know, speaking out against this and telling everyone, hey, don't trust people with just, you know, just any day pills. Like, don't trust a, hey, I've got the hydrocodone and I can help. Even if they have good intentions, you don't know where they got this pill from. I mean, they could have the utmost best intentions, but if they got it from, you know, who knows where other than a medical professional, it is not safe. So his family has just said, you know, don't trust anybody with these pills. Only take pills from doctors and hospitals and, you know, medical professionals who are paid for this kind of stuff, you know, that they went to school, they know the effects, they know the compounds of this. Only trust those people. Don't trust just anybody because even someone who is supposedly your friend could actually turn around and supply you with a deadly dose. So I just want to say I am truly, truly just amazed by this family. Obviously that hurt and that heartache is still there and that'll probably never go away and no family, much less parents, should have to bury their son, especially in these kinds of circumstances. I mean, in no circumstances should they have to go through this, but for them to then turn around and speak out against this, you know, raise awareness for others around them, not only, you know, their community, but anywhere, like, that is truly amazing and an inspiration. So I just want to say thank you and bravo to his family, his friends, his community, just everyone who has a part of this in speaking out against these drugs. And I want to, again, say it one more time. It's 90 forever. So it's 90 and then the word forever.com. There you can, you know, see Blaine's story. You can look and they actually have a memorial scholarship for Hardin Jefferson seniors for college and to, you know, help spread awareness about these counterfeit pills. And they do this in Blaine's memory. So they do it out of pure love to help spread awareness and make sure that no other family goes through this, which again is absolutely beautiful. So I just want to again say thank you to that family and to the friends and community and anyone that knew Blaine. I mean, he sounded like an incredible gentleman who absolutely loved what he did, which was play football. And he not only affected the game itself, but he affected everyone around him, everyone loved him and praised him and had nothing bad to say about him. And it is truly heartbreaking that, you know, they lost him at such a very young age, but he lives on. He lives on through their memories and through this memorial scholarship and through his family by raising awareness against these pills. So I just want to say to anyone who is listening, you can donate to the Memorial Scholarship and you can do that by going to their website, but I believe you can also do it on their Facebook. So I will be linking those in with the description of this episode so that way you can find them, donate to them. I mean, I just want to support these people in any way possible and I want to, you know, make sure that Blaine's story is not forgotten because it is definitely one that should never be forgotten. Drugs are rampant and you just never know what will happen. So I definitely want to help them out. Again, I will be posting the website along with this episode to let them continue on and do it in Blaine's memory 
So if you by chance can, definitely donate to the Memorial Scholarship. Follow them on Facebook. And even more importantly, share. Share their story. Let everyone you can know what happened. And, you know, hopefully we can all just spread awareness and save another family from having to go through the same tragedy. I know we have talked about many different subjects on my podcast, but I just want to make sure that this one stands out because this one is truly heartbreaking. And I mean, they're all heartbreaking, all my true crimes, but this one is not like any others I have done before. So I just want to make sure that this gets across because drugs affects everywhere. So please help me in spreading the awareness, spreading Blaine's story, and hopefully saving another life. But that'll be all for this evening. Thank you so much for listening to this one. This one just really hit hard for me. So again, share this story. Share Blaine's story. Let's get some donations for them and that scholarship. And finally, if you can only do one thing, always remember to listen closely.